today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. of the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of Israel, were called the elders of Israel because they were recognized with those giftings, those callings, that experience that was there. We find a similar concept then when we move into the New Testament church, when someone has that position or the title of an elder, there's an expectation of maturity in that individual's life. And again, not so much of years, but definitely in experience in life and particularly in experience of the things of the Spirit. That it can't be someone new, it can't be someone shallow in their Christian walk. Not everyone is qualified to lead God's people, and those that do so should approach the responsibility soberly because God holds leaders to a higher standard. In today's message, Pastor David teaches us that a church leader or elder should have knowledge of the Word of God and wisdom gained through life experience. Church elders should also be of good reputation and a willing and kind servant to all. We only need to look to Jesus, the Good Shepherd, for the perfect example of servant leadership. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message, Wanted, True Shepherds, from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. Well, the sign was pretty well worn and, and, and weathered. It had been there undoubtedly for quite a while, and it was a little tattered around the edges and torn in a few places, but you could still make out all of the words that were on that sign that was posted. And the words went something like this, wanted shepherds with a true calling on their life to care for, direct, protect, and feed the sheep that are owned by another. Responsibilities include, but are not limited to, the following. You'll be called to live among the sheep, apart from normal society. Your schedule will no longer be yours. It'll be controlled by the sheep and by the seasons. In the midst of the joy found in serving and caring for these precious little ones, you'll be subject to drought and to famine, to frost and flood, as well as times of great solitude. You'll be required to quickly recognize the difference between sheep and goats. Also guard against any wolves that might creep into the flock. You'll need to have the ability to welcome and feed sheep from other pastures and yet not go after or covet those sheep that are not of your field. You'll often be required to put your life on hold or on the line in protection and care for the sheep. You'll be required to spy out the land ahead of the sheep in order to lead them to safe fields for their nourishment. There's a guarantee of many sleepless nights as you guard the sheep from all enemies, both within and outside of the flock. Then below that, there was in bold letters, it continued. It says, caution, 
You must remember at all times, sheep can be very skittish, prone to run from dangers both real and imagined. They're also apt to wander away from the fold when not directly watched over. You need to understand that this position requires the greatest portion of your income will be received by way of deferred payments, paid at the end of the season. Oh, and one last word, in even bolder print. Warning, sheep can bite. There's a lot of similarities between the call of a shepherd taking care of four-legged sheep and a shepherd that's called to take care of two-legged sheep. Sheeps. The similarities are so amazing that, again, within the Word of God, we often see that call of pastors or elders uh, being called as shepherds and the body of Christ being called or designated as sheep. So I, wanna, I want you to bear those things in mind this morning as we look at this section of First Peter in chapter 5 as Peter writes to the church these words in First Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. He says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor is being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. During our little journey thus far in the book of First Peter, in our pilgrim's process of reading what Peter writes to the church back 2,000 years ago in that first century and adapting it to what we need in our time, We've looked and we understand that Peter is writing to a scattered group of churches, those churches that are in the area that we now know as Turkey, a a multitude of cities there and churches within those cities. And thus far, Peter has written generally to the congregations of those churches, but also in a general way to the universal church. That's why we can take it today and we can read these words and we can apply them to our own lives because, again, that's what the message of Peter is for the church We look at this, and now uh, here at the beginning of chapter 5, though prior to this he's been, again, covering the church body completely, now he kind of zeroes in on a particular group, a group that has the calling or designation or the responsibility or the title as elders. He says, the elders who are among you, I exhort. So now his teaching comes directly to them, and he gives four primary issues or commands to these elders, and we see in these four verses. The first one is that you need to shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers. The second one is, is you don't do this by compulsion, but you do it willingly. The third one is, is you don't do it for dishonest gain either, but you do it with an eagerness in your heart. And then fourthly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but actually living your life as an example before them. 
Now, before we get into these four areas in particular, I, I need to take a time this morning actually to, to expand in this whole area, this whole understanding of the biblical description, position, and calling of elder. And I believe that once we have a really clear understanding of what an elder is biblically, then these commands or these directions that Peter gives to them will will make a lot of sense and we'll understand why he's saying what he's saying here. And as we begin this study, I want you to understand we, we all need to really fully and completely understand that that call of elder for the flock of God, that call of shepherd to care for the flock of God is a special calling that not everyone can or should answer because it's not for everyone. I believe that it's a very special calling. First of all, to help us to understand what an elder is and what their responsibilities are, we know that the idea of the New Testament elder actually comes straight from the Old Testament, more than just those who have more years behind them than ahead of them. It's, it's to those who are recognized within the Old Testament community as those who have wisdom and experience in life, but also a maturity in the things of the Spirit. Those of the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of Israel, were called the elders of Israel because they were recognized with those giftings, those callings, that experience that was there. We find a similar concept then when we move into the New Testament church. When someone has that position or the title of an elder, there's an expectation of maturity in that individual's life. And again, not so much of years, but definitely in experience in life and particularly in experience of the things of the Spirit. That it can't be someone new. It can't be someone shallow in their Christian walk. It needs to be someone with maturity in their life in the things of the Spirit. An elder of the church should be one that can bring to the council table a perspective that's much greater than the world and much greater than simply the logic of man. I mean, there's a lot of intelligent, experienced people that you, you look and say, well, they would be wise, but yet at the same time, do they, beyond that worldly wisdom, do they have spiritual wisdom that, again, will trump over anything that the world or that the logic of man brings? That experience of the world, that, that logic needs to be weighed in And yet that knowledge of being led by the Spirit, that's what really brings the true value of an elder within the church. One of the other things that we need to be aware of as we look at this, and I know that for many it causes a lot of confusion. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of books, a lot of studies that have been written about it. But I believe that throughout the New Testament, we look and we see these various titles. We see the title of elder. We see the title of bishop. We see the title of overseer. We see the title of shepherd or pastor. And I believe that when we look at these, we find that they are very interchangeable and their responsibilities are interchangeable, at least to a, a certain point, a certain degree. The the very word elder that, that Peter writes to us here comes from a Greek word, presbyteros, presbyteros. 
And uh, the definition, the direct understanding of that word, it does generally mean somebody that's older, okay? It does generally mean somebody who is elderly or someone who is a senior. But almost every time that we see it directed within the context of the New Testament, it is something more than just years. It is someone with experience within the things of the Spirit. And again, the elders of the church were leadership roles. It just wasn't talking about the uh, 60-year-old up uh, group of the church. It was those that had spiritual leadership within the body. The word bishop that we see elsewhere within the scriptures, it comes from a different Greek word, episcopae. And episcopae, again, the, the direct meaning of it, has the idea of inspector or superintendent. The episcopate would come to inspect a situation to also bring that superintendent direction uh, and leadership within a situation. Now that's often the word that they translate as bishop, but in some of your versions and in some areas of the New Testament, that very same word, episcopate, is translated as the overseer. And again, with that idea of the inspector or the superintendent of it. Now there's another word too that we see all throughout the New Testament, and that's that word pastor or shepherd. Again, coming from a, a different Greek word, poemen. Poemen has that idea. Actually, the, the direct translation of, of it is, is a caretaker of sheep. Okay. And I, and I think it's absolutely hilarious in, in one sense of the way that we are, again, uh, uh, recognized or paralleled with sheep. Okay. Because again, when you look at the personality of not only of how sheep are led, but and cared for, but the very personality of sheep, I think that it fits the church really well. Okay. We're, we're, we're not, we're not a flock of, 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 of geese. Uh, we're not, we're not a, a herd of cattle. But we are a, a, a flock of sheep. We'll be looking into that a little bit more this morning. Throughout the New Testament, we see each of these terms, bishop, overseer, elder, uh, pastor, and shepherd, used separately and interchangeably. In Acts chapter 15, it speaks about the elders of the church that were there in Jerusalem. And they were there with a responsibility that at that point in time, early on in the church's history, that they were kind of caretakers or overseers for all of the church. And when there were problems in churches in other areas, even in other countries, we find that they would come to the council there in Jerusalem and they would weigh these matters, discuss these matters, pray about them, and come to a direction or decision that they would then send back to these other churches that were going through conflicts. We see that very clearly. Then a little bit later in the book of Acts, we find the apostle Paul in his missionary journeys, he calls for the elders of the churches in Ephesus to come down and meet him as he's traveling back to Jerusalem. Now, we don't know for sure. It might have been multiple churches with multiple elders from each church or singular elders from a variety of churches. It just speaks of elders from the churches being called there. And it's interesting when Paul writes to them there or speaks to them there in Acts chapter 20, He instructs these elders, these presbyteros, he says, take heed to yourselves and to all of the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you episkopos, the overseers. 
So the presbyteros, he's saying, you are the episkopos, the elders. You are also the overseers, or as we saw, sometimes translated as the bishops for them. And he tells them to shepherd or poemeo, the flock there, the church of God, which he has purchased for his own blood. And we can look at these things. We can kind of pull out really quickly what's going on. Whose flock is it? It's God's flock that they're responsible for. So the shepherds, the pastors, the elders of the flock were caretakers of another owner, the great shepherd whose flock you are. The elders of Ephesus here by Paul were called bishops or overseers also. And yet their job or their ministry, they were also responsible as shepherds or pastors. All of those, again, delegated to the same group of men. And as the church began to grow, the need became obvious pretty quick that elders needed to be placed in all of the churches, again, to help them to oversee, to give direction, to give uh, uh, leadership within those bodies. Again, all those different congregations that were there. They had to have attributes within their lives. These elders, these overseers had to have the attributes of godly leadership. There had to be a maturity in their lives in the areas of spiritual things. And so the apostle Paul writes to Timothy and as Timothy and Titus both with a direction and guidelines of appointing elders and bishops within the church. And in both cases, Paul gives very similar requirements of those that are being called or stepping into that position. And to Titus, Paul uses the term elders and bishops interchangeably. You can turn there, if you would, to the book of Titus. The book of Titus, just before Hebrews, Titus chapter 1. Look at uh, verses 5 through 9 there. And again, this isn't going to be so much a study on on every aspect of the requirements needed within the men who are called to be elders, but it's to hopefully give you a general understanding of what God uses elders, bishops, overseers, pastors, or shepherds for, what their purpose is. Why does God have them there? So in Titus chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, Paul writes to Titus and he says, it's for this reason that I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders, presbyteros, in every city as I commanded you. So he speaks to them as elders. Then he goes on to give guidelines, some expectations or personal requirements of these men. In verse six, he says, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. So again, he's speaking about the elders. And he's asking Titus to appoint those men with these kind of characteristics to that position. And then suddenly Paul changes to a different term, but he's speaking about these same men. In verse 7, he says, for a bishop, and he uses the Greek word episcopae, 
And he says, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convict those who contradict. Now, there's a great study that we could do on that call and the responsibility and the requirements of elders. Again, what their personal requirements are to be an elder. And we may do that at a later date, but that's not the purpose of this morning's study. This morning's study, again, is to give you that general overview of that combination of these callings. And we see, again, the following truths, these patterns that are in the scriptures. And as Luke writes back in the book of Acts about the elders in Ephesus, And as we saw, he combines, he interchanges those titles, uh, the ministries of elder and overseer and shepherd, yet all at the same time, they're the same men. And here, the apostle Paul combines and he interchanges the ministries of elder and of bishop. So again, we see this happening within the scriptures. Now, when Peter, back here in 1 Peter chapter 5, when Peter speaks to the elders, again, he's not just speaking to the, to the old guys of church. He's speaking to those who have the, that, that particular calling, that responsibility for the oversight within the church. And he reminds them that he too is an elder of the church. He says, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder. He too has that privilege and that responsibility of leadership. Beloved, it is a privilege. It's, it's a privilege to be the, the pastor of this fellowship. For those that serve as elders of this fellowship, it's a great privilege to be able to do that. But it's also a great responsibility that's before those men that take that calling seriously. As we look at this, we saw Paul says, not only am I a fellow elder, but I was also a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And you think, well, why would he put that in there? I believe because he needs to remind these elders, these overseers, these shepherds, that our great shepherd suffered greatly for the flock. And there may be times of great suffering for those who serve as elders among the flock. Paul says, hey, or Peter says, I am an elder and I've seen the sufferings of Christ. And when we look at the very life history of Peter, we realize he goes through much suffering because of his position and his place within the body of Christ. And he says also, but yet I am also one who will be a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. He understands that the greatest portion of what he's going to receive as an elder is going to happen at the end of the season, at the end of his times, that glory that's yet going to be revealed. As great of a privilege, as great of a joy as it is to serve and to minister to the flock, he knows that, man, the greatest portion of this is going to be at the end when I see the Lord and, again, that great reward that comes. Peter is a man who speaks to the church with the authority of an apostle, but yet with the heart and the compassion of an elder and of a pastor. And the hope in his life is just like every believer, that the glory that is yet to be revealed, that final glory is going to be his to be able to enjoy. He instructs the elders here, 
to do their jobs as custodians of God's people. Again, that reminder that it's God's flock, it's not yours. You're you're taking care of the great shepherd's flock. The elders were responsible for overseeing, for caring for, for directing the flock of God. And that needs to be seen as, again, that awesome and also awe-filled responsibility. And sometimes, yeah, it feels like a awe-full responsibility, all of those coming together. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Peter here on The Open Word. We're glad we're able to bring you these teachings straight from God's Word, but we're even more glad you chose to spend time with us today. We love hearing from our listeners, so please give us a call if you have a moment. Our phone number here is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Let us know, too, how we can be praying for you. Are you a part of a local church? Joining and actively getting involved in a local body of believers is a great way to grow in your faith. It's a place where you can learn about the power and love of the Savior and ask questions among other imperfect seeking people. You'll find support in times of need and be able to offer help to others in your own unique way. If you have yet to find a local church in your area, we'd encourage you to start looking today. And if you're in the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has a special invitation for you. Hey, thanks, Chris. You know, I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Word of God. We meet every Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning, as well as Wednesday evening and Saturday evening at 6.30. You can find our address and directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church page. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you. Thanks, Pastor David. Join us next time for another edition of The Open Word.